Welcome to Treasure Valley Podcast. I am Chuck. And I am Elliot. Today's episode is brought to you by Lower Gentry Studios. Here at Lower Gentry Studios, we create thought-provoking content with integrity, and we enjoy every aspect because we are hedonists. You can check out Lower Gentry Studios content at www.lowergentrystudios.com. Our content includes feature films, two of them. And a web series, an original web series, um, about Canyon County social workers. So go to LowerGentryStudios.com and check it out. Yes, the all three productions are very, very, very fantastic. Why is today special? Today is special because on today's date, August 13th in 1961, the Berlin Wall started construction. Dang. And you may remember the Berlin Wall from that really crappy late period Steven Spielberg movie. It was used as a major prop in there. Um, what was that movie called? I can't even remember because it was so bad. It had Tom Hanks in it and he had a cold. That was like the whole thing. <laughs> He's he like, like, I can't I can't tear this wall down with this cold. Yeah, and he was trying to get somebody over and there's lots of really lame jokes in it about him, how he likes to eat breakfast and how he's American, so he likes big breakfasts. And then all, both the East Germans and the West Germans were just like, oh, you're eating a lot of breakfast there, Tom. So and, the theme was about breakfast and the something. Berlin Wall. Or something, or he's a lawyer. Some, I can't even remember. Somehow, it was a really bad movie though. Anyway. Uh, but we shouldn't talk about that. We should be talking about events around the Treasure Valley. Ready? Let's talk about some events. What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? Well, I hope what we're going to talk about is the new homegrown theater play. Yes. We checked out Men on Boats. Yeah. On opening th- night. It was opening on Saturday. Yes. Yeah, it was on Saturday. Actually, it was, well, I mean, yeah, it was opening night. Yeah. Because we missed the pay what you want preview because we're not cheapskates. We went there on opening night. We paid one of the tiers of money that they offer for a ticket. (laughs) (laughs) And we got into the show. Yeah, exactly. And it was well done. It was awesome. They have really cool uh, uh, rapid scenes um, because they, they, yeah, it was just really cool. It's about, it's about these, uh, these men and they're on boats. They're on boats. And it's about an expedition through the Grand Canyon. There's a leader and he is missing an arm. Then there's a second in command. There's some tension there. And then there's just kind of a rogues gallery of uh, different pe- rogues gallery. I always use that with like villains in Batman comics. Oh. But I don't I don't think that this way it applies. Anyway, there's a bunch of different personalities. There's like a lot of characters. Some are rogue. Some- there's a gallery of per- personalities. <laughs> yeah. Some of those personalities are rogue. Uh, my, I mean, but anyway, there's a bunch of different characters and they're all uh, pretty funny, kind of quirky. It's a quirky fun play that's also yeah. very self-knowledgeable. It's kind of ironic, I would say. And I really, really enjoyed myself. But you don't have to be an iron to enjoy it. No, no, no. You can be just a regular empath. (laughs) Correct. Is that the opposite of an iron? Probably. Or no, I don't know what it would be. Or what's the opposite of ironic? Sincere? Since sincerity. If you could go to lowergentrystudios.com, <laughs> um, Treasure Valley Podcast tab, and then uh, make a comment on this, let us know what the opposite of an iron is. Yeah, um, please. Or if you see this on YouTube, you can make a comment on YouTube, and we would be happy to include the uh, the antonym of iron in our next podcast. Yeah, I'm going to say empath, but empath is actually a real thing because that's what people actually claim to be. Like I'm an empath, I like understand people's emotions so much that I just become like their emotions. Actually, there's a case study of uh, certain people um, get disgusted when when they're around other people eating because mm-hmm. they can feel their the people swallowing the food as they're watching them, and oh. they put them into MRI scanners and shown videos of other people experiencing things, and their neurons will light up as though they are experiencing that that sense of touch. So they are, that is a thing, but probably if people say that, 
that's what they are, they're probably just being a dork. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Until you but get I, that person into an MRI, <laughs> I wouldn't believe it. Because like these well, people next time, like, next time somebody claims to be an empath around me and is trying to brag about it, I'm just going to immediately start eating a sandwich and see if they get disgusted. Yeah. <laughs> and then if they do get disgusted, I'll be like, okay, you're legit. You're a good person that's not lying to me. And if they don't, I'm going to be like, liar. You, you should be disgusted right now by me swallowing and chewing this food. Or you could just look at them and say, then you probably know I'm annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be probably better. <laughs> Maybe the sandwich thing would work too. <laughs> anyway, though, Men on Boats plays uh, tomorrow, Wednesday. Oh, that's right. That's what we were talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. We, we went on a tangent there. But anyway, Men on Boats tomorrow, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And uh, it's a great play. Yes. Uh, in the Black Box Theater and the Gem, Gem Center for the Arts. I really personally enjoyed it. I enjoy all of their plays. Mm-hmm. I, they're always really well done. They're well, like, lit. They're well acted. They're really, really well choreographed, usually, in terms of, like, the way that they convey action. And yeah. The way they the way they like like symbolically created on stage like i was like there when at one point like a character goes underneath the water and then they use like cool sound effects and oh stuff. yeah was... and then she like surfaces and then they change the sound effects in the theater they're just really a creative group of people it's... and i'm really proud to call them acquaintances abnormally uh they are abnormally <laughs> I was engrossing. friends but i'm like whatever we, we got like drinks with them once so whatever acquaintances <laughs> is a much longer word too yeah exactly and i know how you like to impress people with that yeah so yeah anyway they're uh they're, they're cool people cool play go support them all right are we uh are we ready to do some good news bad news let's do some good news bad news give me news no we do not want bad news just good news there's good news bad news yeah all right, what's the good news and the bad news today, Chuck? We have some good news and some bad news, if you haven't heard that enough times in the last 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. Good news is uh, Bernie Sanders, yeah, presidential candidate, Democratic Party for 2020, okay. is now polling in first place in New Hampshire above Joe Credit Card Biden. What's his nickname? Plastic. Senator Plastic. Senator Plastic. He's, he's polling ahead of Joe Senator Plastic Biden cool. um, in New Hampshire. But- Bad news is Bernie Sanders is not an advocate of universal basic income, otherwise known as UBI, which some people view as an infection because it's such a socialist policy. Yes, for sure. Yeah, this is interesting. Uh, The presidential election so far is very interesting. It's like the polar opposite of the last one. Because remember the last one, the only people at this point was just Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Like they're all surprised that Bernie Sanders was running. Yeah. No, this is like Hillary Clinton's turn. All the other candidates committed suicide. (laughs) (laughs) Or she was warning them that they might commit political suicide by running against her. Yeah, for sure. I think. But no, and then it's so now they have like you know eighteen hundred candidates up there or whatever, and then mm-hmm. they have to do it across like I think eight it's only days like seventeen hundred and some. Yeah, but, but they I do it across like up. fifty days of debates or whatever, and then they only have t- time for like they only have like thirty seconds to talk. But anyway, mm-hmm. like uh, I think who you're referencing though is uh, a guy who's been popularizing UBI is uh, Andrew Yang. Andrew right? Yang is my man. And this is uh, this is very interesting because usually uh, Chuck and I disagree on every single political thing ever. True. Because he's a libertarian and I tend to go socialist yes. in a lot of my stuff. So I like Bernie Sanders, all right. But I started to like Andrew Yang more because he seems more of a pragmatist. But he's like still like idealist in like weird ways. But his like his ide- ideology like seems to me. Wow, I really am gonna have trouble finishing the sentence because I started out without knowing how to finish it. That's okay. As long as you enjoy listening to yourself talk, you're going to be okay. I'm sure. I'm sure one other. And person hopefully, you too. all out there enjoy it as well. No, I was just basically going to say that the uh, his ideology 
right? Seems more like it can be, it can actually be executed sometimes, especially mm-hmm. within the realm of like the federal government, which you always think of as, as especially the United States, is very ineffective and very inefficient. Yes. You know? And, and I appreciate them a great deal. I looked into it at first, knee jerk reaction because I, uh, I lean libertarian because I feel that people need to be free to, free from tyranny in general. And I think of government as tyrannical in most instances because bureaucracy to me is tyrannical. Yeah, so it's for sure. Awful. However, <laughs> however, I hate bureaucracy. I hate the DMV. Drives me crazy. That's where it. These all are the started. ramblings from a wet guy from Idaho. Yeah, DMV, everything was perfect. Until I get I went my down truck licensed, <laughs> and then I'm waiting in line, and nobody's serving me. This is the worst thing the government can do. Make my wait here. Uh, but anyway. Uh, universal basic income a lot of times people get super upset about socialist policies and i think that the root of that is they feel that their tax dollars are going to somebody else yeah and the government if they are in the business of redistributing wealth it needs to be the most equitable possible manner to do that is how i feel yeah, if no, that's gonna, if that's going to happen and if that's necessary. Yeah, we, we should explain exactly what UBS. So universal basic income, oh, uh, at point. least under at least under Andrew Yang's plan, and then a few other places have experimented with this. Yeah, um, is basically you get a set amount of money on whatever time period it is. Some places do it like every year. Mm-hmm. All the citizens get like so much so much money back, and then um, his plan would be once a month everyone would get one thousand dollars. Correct. That they could use in whatever way they want to would just basically be their money. And I think I think the the paradigm shift in terms of the thinking is at least the way he talks about it, and I really enjoy the way he talks about it, is that we're all by being citizens and paying taxes, we're kind of like almost shareholders in a corporation. Yeah. So we would deserve like a dividend each month just by being a part of the society, which I kind of enjoy just that that general change in thinking. Yeah. There's yeah. no there's no to me, there's no incentive right now for the average citizen to participate in in, in government. It's the voters are the outliers for the most part, I would just about bet. And there's probably a well, connection. I mean, they're, the mi- they're, they're the minority, but they're not like outliers. Well, well, yeah. here's here's one thing. And I don't know. It's just correlation. They always talk about uh, the older you are, the more likely you are to turn out to vote. Yeah. What do older people receive? They receive a lot of social services, usually. Social security. Yeah, social is security. One that we're all or, disability, or disability or yeah. whatever. Because the, 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 yeah, the. But we're all yeah. guaranteed social security. Yeah. And so I think that if we if if citizenry were were to receive a certain amount of funds, I would prefer to see it equitably distributed based on the efficiency of government and have it be variable rather than a fixed amount, because that would incentivize people to hold the politicians accountable and the government accountable to. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So back up there. So you so so a tweak that you would say to UBI or Andrew Yang's policy would be instead of one thousand dollars a month, it would sometimes adjust to depending upon the inefficiency of the government for that month or, yes. that, or, or maybe the that inefficiency year, or that year or yeah. whatever it is like so this year we're not going to give you a thousand dollars we're going to give you 700 yeah and then everybody would be really angry they would be super annoyed and then they'd probably go start to question what's going on in their local government and the state government and the government as a whole ah. in the united states i would hope I mean, it's just a theory, but if we're going to do that, I, mean, I, would... I think I think that you're onto something there. I think I think that would spur action, especially if you're used to so much money each month, and then all of a sudden it just gets cut. Yeah, and I think it's a good compromise because ultimately, the people that are making a ton of money in that that one percent echelon where they're not paying taxes, it drives me up a wall. 
Yeah. Basically, if I had five million dollars, I wouldn't have to work for the rest of my life. I wouldn't have to do anything. No. So if you inherit five million dollars or I think there's a president who said he got a small one million dollar loan to start his enterprises. But if, if you think about that, that's at five percent stock markets historically in real estate, 10 to 15 percent interest every year. Yeah. So there's, you know, a hundred thousand, one hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year yeah. just in in passive income. Yeah. That gets taxed at 10 percent. Yeah. It's annoying. It is annoying. And so obviously we have to redistribute some of that. Because active income should be taxed lower than passive income. No, yeah, I definitely agree with that. And and if you allow too much passive income to exist, it's just going to be a bunch of lazy people. Yeah. There's it's fewer lazy people, just a small handful of lazy people, but they're probably active behind the scenes or something or what. You but either think, way, though, I think because I, I think I think for the first time we're actually agreeing on like the role of government, which I think the the main role of government is to address inequality and make sure inequality doesn't run away. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If you have a hierarchy, right, and then you have the bottom like tier of the hierarchy, if there's too many people at the bottom tier and they can't go up any ladder rungs, right? No, the they entire- could be out, work out in the field yeah. all day. It doesn't matter. They're not going to make enough money. Yeah, yeah, but that's when the whole society starts to destabilize, and that's when you get like crazy things like revolutions, mm-hmm. and then the revolutions yeah. turn into dictatorships or oligarchies or whatever. Yeah, you know, and then everything just destabilizes. Mm-hmm. So the role of government is to adequately make sure that there's not too much inequality, and make sure that, and then inequality is like I, I I'm. My idea is that inequality is just a consequence of unchecked market forces. You know what I'm saying? Because if yeah. market forces are completely unchecked without like the role of government, then inequality runs rampant. Um, but yeah, yeah, you have to. To me, government is some type of moral police, and so I, I, I think yeah, you have to police. You have to decide which morals you want to police. And if somebody's abusing people and using their money to, I, I think that that the other on the other hand though that debt. Um, cycles through the the ebbs and flows of the the rise and fall of societies and that's in a book i'm reading right now it's called killing the host by whom uh, michael hudson okay and so historically all the way back to the babylonians as debt increased the society needed to either decide to uh allow that debt to be absolved and start over or it just fell apart happened with the romans um and we're at that point right now in the united states is what this econ- economist what? is saying. So basically we need to absolve debt. We need to get rid of debt. And okay. so so my point with the government is if there weren't it, it, the people that are in control put in the consequences of you can't escape debt. Yeah. Right now we have house debt. You can't, can't escape house debt if you give up your house, which is why the housing bubble happened. Yeah. Was they were loaning and they figured they have collateral, but then they didn't realize that they were going to increce yeah. the demand, which is going to increase the but price a place like the, U, the place like the EO, though, the, the, you can't get out of it even if you give up your house. Um, Which is crazy. Certain places, Ireland. That's why that everybody. Well, no, Spain too, because I remember that was a big, that yeah, was a big that's, deal in Spain. Yeah, they they weren't allowed to get out of the debt, so they were paying on houses that they owed twice as much as what it was worth. And, and then they, they didn't even have the house, so they were homeless, yeah. still having to pay on it. Yeah, and yeah. so they had to flee the country, a lot yeah. of them, to get yeah. out of it. So, so we're kind of at that precipice. Student loans, you can't escape from. No, never. Impossible. Yeah. yeah. And so, unless but, you go through the, unless you pay them off, or you just go through the debt forgiveness programs, that's the only way that you can get it. Like you know. Yeah. There's the debt. For Forgiveness programs, but, they but can those garnish are pretty. Your, you can gar- have your wages garnished if you don't pay back your student loans. Yeah, and they will. They they the the debtor. Um, no, they'll take it out of your out of your checking account too. When I worked at Wells Fargo, that used to pop up every once in a while. 
Wells Fargo, such a good company. Yeah, I worked at Wells Fargo and I used to see it every once in a while. All of a sudden there would just be like from the state of whatever state they were. And then it would just be minus however many, many dollars. And then people would call up and be like, why am I negative $5,000 in my Wells Fargo account? And then he'd be like, it looks like the state put a lien against your checking account and then just took out. He's like, there was only like $200 in there. And I'm like, oh, you're going to have to talk to the state. <laughs> you better then, pay us back because now we like, extend you credit. Yeah, exactly. And then they like had pot like like eight things that day for like three bucks or something. <laughs> and, and then they, they each charged. have like $35 fees on. They're like, can you get rid of the $35 fees? It's like, well, maybe if the state puts that money back in your account, maybe we'll get yeah. rid of it. <laughs> so we're, I think our morality and the government police's morality, I think our morality is too much into everybody needs to pay back the debt that they've that they've taken on. Well, that makes and sense the, though. The court, entire, system, yeah. the court system shouldn't be involved in that is what my point is. Like if, if I welch on a debt, that's like, that's bad on me and bad on the person that trusted me in the first place. We have credit agencies. People can build up their their credit score. We don't need to have the government coming in there and policing it. Hmm. And you better believe that that we wouldn't have as much debt if if people were allowed to welch on their on their debts. Like, well, I think you're talking about like a, a very big paradigm shift though, because every time that there's any type yeah. of any type of financial crunch, they always talk about ease of credit, right? Yeah. So what you're talking about though would basically credit would start to shrink. But then also what you probably are going to say next, and I'm just going to guess and not let you say it, is that savings would increase, though. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So then you would just know, like, oh, I just need to save yeah. up this much amount of money. Well, think about interest. Because nobody's, nobody's, nobody's going to give me a loan on it. Yeah. Interest you know? is just a tax. Yeah. Interest is just another tax that you pay. So if you have a lot of debt right now, be very careful because you're paying already, you're already paying taxes. And then if you have... A mortgage, which are low right now, like three, four percent. You're paying that amount out of your your uh, monthly payment. You plus you're pay- paying the bank. Mm-hmm. Plus, if you have credit card debt, those are usually around 10, 15, sometimes twenty percent student loan debt. Mm-hmm. So, if you add up all the interest that you're paying, that's just going to people that have money. Yeah, they're not doing anything. Yeah, they are having. They have the money. They're buying these different bonds. Um, they're and they're selling them again for a profit. Yeah, or holding on to them, and they know that they got you by the short hairs. Yeah, of so your whatever idea, part so of your body has the shortest hairs, and it's very <laughs> uncomfortable if you have short hairs. Yeah, being had on your body. I got a lot of short hairs on my back. I'm just kidding. <laughs> They're really long hairs. I got a lot of really long hairs. On my if back. you're listening to that, this we'll we'll put a picture up on YouTube. And you no, can, we won't. Oh, okay, never mind. Anyway, my <laughs> wife would be too jealous. Why are you showing that sexy back to everybody? That back. I thought mine. that was mine. Yeah. Um, so so it, what you're saying is basically so the government is guaranteeing all these loans to the court system, right? And then it's perpetuating this idea that you need to constantly have credit and you need to constantly be you as an individual citizen of America needs to go into debt or I guess citizen of the West because the mm. EU works the same way. Well, it's like just, the first thing that they told me when I turned 18 is like, you got to get a credit card. That's a weird thing to say to somebody, right? Mm-hmm. Like you have to get a credit card. Why do you need to get a credit card? Cause then you're going to borrow a little bit and then you're going to pay with this credit card and then you're going to pay it back at the end of the month, but don't let it like go into arrears. Cause then they're going to charge you interest. And I'm like, but I have cash for it. Why? I remember that was a big weird thing in my mind where I'm like, I have cash for it. Why don't I just pay it with the cash? No, 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 no. Hold on to your cash until the end of the month, then give it to the credit card company. And then leverage it into low interest rates later on. Yeah, exactly. But that's such a weird paradigm shift. What, what somebody should have, I guess if society works correctly, they, would, they should have told me, like, be really careful with the money that you spend and then hold on to it and then, and then save because, like, actual cash, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but right now it doesn't matter. No, no. Because yeah. it's, base, it's a, it's a quote-unquote sure bet. Yeah, but society can only handle so much debt, and once it gets too debt-ridden, the the economy of a country can't produce enough to pay back the one percent that's holding all of those vouchers for payments. Yeah, 
because all it is is just a slow funnel. Yeah. You can't double money. It's impossible. That's how our financial system is set up is that we are supposed to be able to double our money over X amount of years. Mm -hmm. That is not actually possible. All it does is over time, it just falls apart. Yeah. I mean, historically. Yeah. So. Dang. Yeah. So, so, the, so, so the good news is, is Bernie Sanders, if you're, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're li- listening to this. Yeah. If you're like, if you're like about shaking up the DNC, Bernie Sanders is ahead in the polls. The bad news is all of society is crumbling, according to Charles in this book that he's reading. <laughs> <laughs> so get so, ready for it. So I think that's, uh, I think that pretty much covers it. Yeah. That is very bad news. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening today. This has been Treasure Valley Podcast presented by Lower Gentry Studios. You can go to www.lowergentrystudios.com to catch new episodes of this podcast, past episodes of this podcast, as well as feature films, including We Speak, which was recently released. There's a link on that to be able to rent it on Amazon Prime or just stream it if you're a member. Thanks for joining us. <laughs>